Rise and shine, baseball fans! It's time once again for a fresh dose of Major League Baseball analysis with the newest community in the game. Bringing together fans from all around the world from their broadcast headquarters in beautiful Southern California. It's Kenny. If you're not watching Shohei Otani, the man is just doing special things on the baseball field. Like I said, almost looking non-human at times. It's Nika. Is Aaron Judge, number 99, going to be able to drag the Yankees to the playoffs? This is the Kanika Baseball Podcast. And yes, here it is. Monday morning has arrived. We are back. Welcome to the Kanika Baseball Podcast. We've got a crazy busy show for everyone today. But before we get to anything, I got to welcome in my lovely co-host, my beautiful wife, Nika. Good morning, Nika. Well, thank you. I would like to point out today is a special, very special day since it's your birthday. Kenny has a Jackie Robinson birthday today. Oh, boy. Yep, we're, you're outing my age, huh? It's a mystery. You... <laughs> it's not, but... It's not. Um, no, Happy I'm, birthday. I'm 42 years young today, so in yes, case anyone was wondering, yes, I collected late 80s and early 90s baseball cards, uh, so I have a big pile of garbage at home, like everyone else from that era. Anyway, well, happy birthday to my Oh, husband. well, thank you. Thank you for the lovely introduction. Wow. You're welcome. And I share a birthday with, with Magic, Magic Johnson. Yes, you do. So that's kind of cool. If you guys haven't checked out the Lakers show Winning Time on, I guess, Max now. Is it even HBO anymore? It's um, HBO Either way, it's really well done, at least season one. Uh, we just binge-watched season one, and we both particularly enjoyed it. It was really good. Really cool show. Season two started. We're going to wait until it's out, out, so we can binge it again. Yeah. We try to do that with most shows that we do. But it doesn't always work out that way because of social media and spoilers. But when when it comes to the Lakers, there's not a lot of spoilers because it's already happened in real life. So you, you kind of know at least the major points because you can't hide it from reality. But the other st- shows like Star Wars or even Foundation, it, it's harder to not watch those when they drop because we follow groups with those on social media and therefore we run the risk of being spoiled. It's kind of funny too because there's not a ton of basketball in it, but it right. does move. It does move it's really story, fast. It's, it's a story within the basketball. It's not it's, a basketball yeah. story. And there's a lot of drama in that yes. season. For those of you that don't know all the craziness of the first season that Magic Johnson played in the NBA, it was also the first season Jerry Buss bought the Lakers. So a lot of crazy stuff was happening all at once, and that's what makes it an interesting launching point, I guess, for the story. I got an idea. Maybe you want to do a review of that show. Yeah, I think we might. Okay. You know, special announcement to the listeners out there. There, There is most likely going to be a Kanika Lifestyle podcast joining the airwaves in the very near future. So stay tuned for uh, broadcast announcements. Okay. Um, well, we got to get to some baseball stuff and holy crap, do we got a lot to talk about and we got to start right away in Tampa Bay because, well, Mr. Wander Franco is in a little bit of hot water right now. It would appear. Nika, what's going on with Wander? I don't know. I'm wondering that myself. (laughs) You're wondering that yourself. I like it. There's some speculations though and rumors are flying really high about this. Was it a sexual assault or is it just, who knows what you call this at the moment? Yeah, it's so 
for those that aren't aware, let's just give people a play-by-play sort of of what happened yesterday. I went for a run yesterday morning, and I know I went for a run around 10 a.m. yesterday, Pacific time, and I got back around 10.40 Pacific time, and I went and sat outside in the sun for a few minutes and took my phone with me, and this is when I first see a tweet come across my feed from a sports cards account that I follow that says Wander Franco was in a relationship with a 14-year-old girl in the Dominican Republic, and she's basically like outing him about it on social media. It was like happening concurrently. The Rays were already playing, by the way. Wander was not starting the game. So right away, speculation just started going crazy that like this was true because he wasn't playing but then like it sort of came out that it was a planned day off for him even Kevin Cash said that before the game the Kevin Cash is the Rays manager so anyways building on this timeline of events somewhere around 10 45 or 11 a.m pacific time this all starts breaking on social media and it is not looking good you know there's a couple of pictures of him with a younger looking lady it's in it, there's nothing like that has her ID in it or anything. Well, pictures can be very deceiving on social media. Yeah, pictures can be deceiving. Um, We also live in the age of AI now, where it's very easy to, like, make a fake image of something. And it's improving daily, by the way, Mm -hmm. with what it can do. However... Anywhere in the articles or anywhere that you search, they say how long they've been together. No. Okay. Nothing nothing like that that I could pick up on. Okay. But the account that broke this on Twitter uh, was basically some guy that called himself an independent journalist at least that was the account that was spreading everything but i think he was getting this stuff off of instagram so apparently the the girl or the girl's mother was like outing him on instagram or whatever and this guy that's an independent journalist on twitter like picked up on it and he started sharing it on twitter and that's how it spread like wildfire so if this was breaking by 10:45 i would say by noon Every baseball card collector of Wander Franco's was trying to unload his cards by noon. I'm not even making this up. It it is crazy how fast. And it's weird that I found out about this through the baseball card end of things because, like, that's what people care about, right? And there's a lot of Wander Franco card collectors out there, by the way. But flashing forward to around the fifth inning of the Rays game, I have no idea what time that is, by the way. But if I were to guess, I would guess it would be around the same time, around noon. That's when people noticed that Wander Franco was no longer in the Rays dugout. Okay. Uh, so somebody apparently must have went and got him in the middle of the game and said, like, They pulled him. Uh, this is happening right now on Twitter. So probably not a very flattering thing to find out that half of the baseball internet world thinks you're a pedophile. That's probably not a great thing to walk into blindly. No, the Tampa Bay and MLB wanted to get hold of the narrative. They wanted to put a muzzle on the situation before he saw it on Twitter and started responding, which is probably the best thing that they did. Absolutely. hundred percent agree. If you've ever, well, I hope you have it, but if you do have to deal with legal crap in your life one of the most important things about that is controlling the narrative yeah you know which is why you should never speak to the cops when you get arrested for anything no matter what yeah your lawyer will don't be mad do at you jobs for them don't try to defend yourself just shut your mouth yeah all right so it seems like wander got pulled out of the dugout and made aware of the situation and then kevin cash was asked about it after the game and the rays lost yesterday badly to the guardians but Let's listen to what Kevin Cash had to say about the situation. Was there more involved with Franco not playing today than just a day off? No, just a day off. 
because yeah, there was some speculation we saw him leave the dugout in the game and then come back. Yeah, I'm aware of this speculation. I'm not going to comment any further on that, but um, his, the day off was because the day off. Okay, so basically they're not going to say anything because they cannot at the moment. It's an ongoing investigation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's also, for the sake of argument, it's important to note that at least at this time point, this was a scheduled day off for Wander Franco and not a sitting because of, like, this was already known. I, I genuinely think that, like, the team and he found out about it during the game. It seems that way. So, anyways, later that night, the Rays released a statement, and I'm going to read that for you right now. It says, During today's game, we were made aware of the social media posts that are circulating regarding Wander Franco. We take the situation seriously and are in close contact with Major League Baseball as it conducts its due diligence. So basically, MLB has opened up an investigation into Wander Franco and these pictures that are circulating of him uh, with this girl on social media. And... It also broke last night from ESPN reporter Jeff Passan. Jeff Passan. I don't know how you say his name, by the way. That Wander Franco did not travel with the Tampa Bay team to San Francisco for, uh, I believe, their series starts tonight. Mm -hmm. So, wow. What a crazy story, first and foremost. I just got to put that out there. When I woke up yesterday, I didn't have Wander Franco dating a 14-year-old girl on my list of things that I would read, and I don't think anybody did. It happened really fast. It spread like a wildflower uh, fire. Well, a wildflower is one way of putting it, that's for sure. <laughs> wildfire. Anyways, despite the fact that these allegations are ex incredibly, I think we talked a lot about it this morning that we're sort of taking this stance, like, let's see how this plays out. Don't jump to any conclusions. We don't know half half of the things that's happening it's not even happening here correct so different rules might apply we don't know uh a lot about the dominican legal system or, or anything like that i've heard everything that this may be an extortion case mm -hmm. you know um i i've heard that there may be other nefarious or criminal elements to this other than the underage sex charge and wander may be caught up in something bigger than himself yeah you know, if these people are scam artists or other, know. you know, we, we don't know. You just have two pictures that on their own can be looked at as damning. You know, you could also look at it as like these are total. You don't have any context for it. It's just an image. Yes. Context means a lot in this case. And we don't want to ruin Wonders Frankel career or life. He's only 22 years old. He's a young kid playing in the big boys league. I hope that this doesn't mount to anything. No, absolutely. I, I, I sincerely hope that there's no foul play on Wander's part in this, but we got to wait and see on that. Yeah. Team. You know, it, it certainly, like I said, has a, an appearance that is not flattering at the moment, but that it can easily be explained away or justified in some other way that we're not thinking about. We have no context for any of this stuff. Well, also we should mention the age of consent in Dominican Republic is 18. It is. So is this But this would here. have to be up to their authorities to try. I would imagine. Yeah. Well, anyways, we'll watch this very closely. Um, obviously, the Rays are incredibly affected by this. Wander Franco is one of their best players. You know, 
I have it in my notes here that on Friday, Wander Franco hit a walk-off home run for the Rays. Biggest, one of the biggest moments probably of his young career so far. Even that timing is suspicious to me a little bit, you know? Like, if you're talking about foul play, did seeing him in that moment in that limelight trigger something on these people's end? It could. Want to hurt him because he was doing well somewhere. I mean, just based on his contract alone, he signed an 11-year contract with Tampa Bay. It's backloaded. He gets money later. Still, the 22-years-old kid we're talking about. Yeah, I don't think anyone should be jumping to any conclusions until there's hard evidence or a confession or something, you know, <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. Anyways, uh, I guess may justice prevail, Wh whatever way it, it lands on in the truth of all of this. I think that's where my hope is, you know, is like that if whether he's guilty or not, I just want the truth to be the one that prevails in any kind of case like this, you know. Well, there's going to be two sides of truth over here. There, there always is. I'm just saying, like, when it involves children and sex, you know, you just, I guess, hope that the truth will prevail in its outcome. Well, you right know? now, we just have to preserve innocence till proven guilty. I, I agree. Absolutely. And I, I think he should be given that same mm -hmm. respect that any CEO or any rich person in this country would want. I would hope so. But we know we have two-tier system over here. So. We do. Lawyers are... Definitely good or bad based on the amount you pay for them. <laughs> That's true. Um, okay. Well, we spent a lot of time on this subject and we got a lot of baseball to actually recap. So speaking of the Rays, we mentioned that they lost yesterday 8-1 to to the Guardians, but the previous two nights, they were able to get walk-off wins against the Guardians. We mentioned Wander Franco's home run on Friday night. It was Randy Rosarena on Saturday delivering for the Rays, and he was posing on first base after that game-winning hit. The way he does, man, the Rays are going to need Randy Rosarena to step up during this time period right now. I think it may be good for him. He may become like the de facto leader of this. It wasn't a secret that Wander Franco had a lot put on him, man. You know, he's a 22-year-old kid. They want him to be the team leader. You know, there's I don't no. Think he was ready for that role. I don't think so either. There's no like Manny Machado over there or Freddie Freeman or Mookie Betts. Any yeah. no veteran over there to help guide the youngster. Even look at the Showtime show we watch, or the I call it the Showtime show because that was what the Lakers were called in the '80s. But the Winning Time show, they even show the the tension between Magic and Kareem. You know, and how. You need that guiding influence of the veteran over the young player a little bit and, and vice versa. You need the veteran to feed off the energy of the young player. Absolutely. It's a very cohesive kind of relationship. But anyways, big moment here for Randy Arozarena with the Rays. The Rays lose yesterday, but they are still maintaining this five-game uh, lead in the wild card. So not not too much to be concerned about for them. They, they are the number one team. But as we go around the rest of the AL here, uh, Houston... We're able to take two of three from the Angels, and uh, Angels, we already know they're dead. Yeah, Angels are done. Yep, stick a fork in them. I'm, I'm, I'm declaring sad. them dead. Uh, it's a, you know what? It's a wasted opportunity. They had the superstar, and they just couldn't do it. Yeah, it's a tough situation. You know, like I, I haven't seen uh, what's his name, Rendon. He, he fouled a ball off his knee in the beginning of June, and it's been six weeks now. And he, Not a peep. Not a peep. Mike Trout, I don't know when he's coming back. They okay. talked about maybe middle of August, but yeah. it doesn't look like that's going to happen because it's the middle of August. Poor Otani's, like, shouldering all this by himself. His arm is being strained apparently now, too. He did have a home run yesterday. Yeah, he did. 
it was nice to see him get back on that home run stroke. But winning one out of three is not going to do it. Yeah. We, we knew they were in trouble going into Houston, and it doesn't get any easier. They're heading to Texas. Now, they did have a great series in Texas earlier this season, but these are very two very different teams. They're probably going to have to face Mad Max this week. I don't think he pitched this weekend. The realities of the new division are going to set in. Now we have to face Verlander and Scherzer now. Woo. I would not want to be in the Angels' shoes. You know, I did see Friday night a little tweet come across my feed that the Angels' owner, I'm sorry, Angels' general manager, Perry Niasson, that's his name, he actually spoke for the first time since the trading deadline and, okay. you know, basically said that they have no regrets. They were going to go for it. Yeah. You know, so now I still think they're dead. They're six and a half games out of the wild card, and they are 11 and a half games back in the division. They are under 500. Yep, there's too many good teams. They got to jump over Seattle, Boston, New York. I don't see that. If it was with- six and a half games and there was one team to catch, maybe you could make an argument for it. But the fact that they have to leapfrog three teams to get there, four teams actually, because you have to count Toronto. They have to pass Toronto to actually get in there. Yep. I don't see it happening. But yeah, that's what happened down in Houston. But we're going to drive north really quick because Toronto lost two of three to the Cubs, but they were able to salvage a win uh, yesterday, 11 to four. And we're going to drive next to the Pacific Northwest where it was the Orange Birds and the Mariners. They had a great series, by the way. If you missed this series this weekend, you missed three classic baseball games. The Mariners, unfortunately, found themselves on the losing end of two of them. Their big winning streak came to an end. They did win Friday night, the opener, but then they lost the final two. They have fallen now to one and a half games back in the wild card behind Toronto. They are the first team on the outside looking in right now, but they have passed Boston, New York, and the aforementioned Angels in the past month. They've been one of the best teams in baseball, and they really look like it. You know, they look like they play together as a team, and that they are. And Julio Rodriguez is has an OPS over a thousand in the last month, and if he is going to go and carry this team then look out. I think the Mariners are playoff bound. Well, last week, Mariners were ranked number 18 on the power ranking. Yeah, MLBs. MLBs. This week, they jumped to number nine. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. Again, a lot of it has to do with Julio a little bit. If he's going to continue hitting like he has been for the last month, the last two weeks, then look out. You know, the sophomore slump may be over. Maybe. I, I, I don't think Julio Rodriguez was ever targeted, in my opinion. He's not a fluke. His minor league numbers and his pedigree, like, it will take a lot for him to fail. Okay. It will. And again, I think you look at the Mariners team, they took some things away, protection, you know, from him, like guys like Adam Frazier that are on the Orioles now playing those role player roles. Yeah, I think Seattle's going to be there. They got great pitching. George Kirby had a great start against the Orioles on Friday night. You know, uh, Luis Castillo, he looks good. Yeah, they, have they definitely have pitching. pitching, you know. Mm-hmm. So look out for Seattle. I still like Seattle in this race. Okay. I, I, I like them more than Toronto. I think it's funny that AL East was looked at as this like maybe all of the playoff teams could come from the AL East but I feel like as the season's gone on they might they might not like Boston New York and Toronto could all be on the outside looking in so we'll keep an eye on it speaking of Boston Boston fell to three and a half games back in the wild card but they did take two out of three against the Tigers I I was kind of sad to see this I I have this like dark horse fantasy for the Tigers to win the AL Central. That's probably not going to happen. They're eight games back as of today. Well, it's going to stay your fantasy for this. <laughs> the Yankees, by the way, were in Miami, and they were losing two out of three to the Marlins, who had been 
really struggling up until this last two games. We'll see if that turns the season around for the fish, but um, we will talk about the National League in one second. Just to really kind of recap the rest of the American League stuff, Texas. Wanted to touch base with Texas really quick. They won two out of three at San Francisco this weekend, so they are maintaining a two-and-a-half game lead in the AL West. The Orioles, as we said, won two out of three at Seattle. They are now three games ahead in the AL East. And Minnesota, despite losing two out of three to Philadelphia, they maintain their four-and-a-half game lead in the AL Central. That's because the Guardians dropped two out of three at Tampa Bay, as we mentioned. Okay, I think that brings everyone up to date on the state of the AL. So... We are going to turn our attentions to the NL, where it is just flipping crazy. And as we said, the Cubs won two out of three in Toronto. Big Cody Bellinger bat. Dan's, Lieutenant Dansby Swanson seems to be getting it going. And yeah, the Cubs, by the way, I want to mention, I feel like this is, they have to unleash the Kraken right now. Release the Kraken! They have to seize this moment, these next 12 games. Their opponents are the White Sox, the Royals, at home at Wrigley. Then they play at Detroit and at Pittsburgh. Then they play Milwaukee at home to close out the month of August. If the Cubs seize this moment, if they win nine out of these next 12 games, I predict they will win the NL Central. I, I still think they're going to win the NL Central, but they got to win these games. I well, think the, they're capable. The scheduling definitely favors them at the moment, yes. this month. You draw those teams right now in this moment? And I like the Cubs' management. I like Dave Ross there because I feel like he won't let them lose too many games that they shouldn't lose, <laughs> if that makes sense. Well, they definitely are managed a lot better than some other teams that we know. And also, Cubs been playing really good baseball. They moved up from number 20 to number 8 spot. No, I'm sorry, number 12 spot. Okay. So that's 8 spots. Yeah, that's a significant Central. jump. So yeah. I, I love that the power rankings are being disrupted. You right. know, in this moment in the season a little bit, it makes it more interesting because it makes it not so predictable, mm -hmm. you know, as to like what's going to happen. Yeah. And if they win with against these teams that you just mentioned, that's going to even put them further up where they actually going to be considered as a contenders. The Cubs have two things in play right now. They have the central division and they have the wild card. They're competing with both of those spots with the Cincinnati Reds as well, who are, they're basically tied with the Reds right now. The Reds split a doubleheader with the Pirates yesterday. They were rained out on Saturday. Uh, they are both three and a half games back now in the division, the Cubs and the Reds. That's because the White Sox couldn't help them out. They got swept by the Brewers in Chicago. And I want to, I want to make an announcement to the White Sox, actually. Okay. I, I have a special announcement for the White Sox. If you show up and beat the Cubs this week, fuck you. Is that your birthday wish? I guess. My mom always points this out, and she says when the Cubs and the White Sox play each other every year because of the crosstown, since interleague play started at least. Hold on, hold on. Can we get her on the mic and have her say that as a quote? I'm not going to subject her to that. I mean, she's more than welcome to. I want to make that clear. Okay. Mom, you're not barred from being on the podcast. However, my mom always says that the Cubs and the White Sox, when they play each other, they screw each other over in the year that they're good. So like if the White Sox are good, they'll lose like four out of six to the Cubs that year, even though the Cubs are in the toilet. So that's been a pattern. In her mind, yes. Okay. Whether that's true or not, I have no idea. <laughs> I haven't looked at the statistical okay. data. But uh, she picked up on it. She picked up on it, and, and, and it's something that she saw. But anyways, I, I do think it's important to to tell the White Sox, like, do not mess with the Cubs right now, please. Just lose you like you're supposed to. Why don't you pick on your own division for a change and, and try to beat the Guardians and the Twins and 
Just leave the Cubs alone this year, okay? Thank you, White Sox. All right, let's send the owl to the Sox. Yeah. Um, Don't really do that, by the way. Everybody should always try to win. All right, so we mentioned the Cubs. We mentioned the Reds. Let's get you kind of up to speed on the rest of this NL wildcard race. The Diamondbacks were able to take two out of three against the Padres this weekend. The Diamondbacks are now two and a half games back in the wildcard race. Uh, They had... They snapped a nine, was it a nine game losing streak? So they never got to 10. They never did. They were able to win the last two games of the series. The Padres, meanwhile, fall to five and a half games back. If you'll remember on Friday, we said for either one of these teams to have a resurrection this season that they needed to sweep the series. So I'm going to stick by that and say that the resurrection will not happen. Lost opportunity on both teams. Definitely. Now, Arizona being two and a half games out of it, maybe this will snap them out of whatever is wrong with them, but I just don't think so. I don't think they made enough moves at the deadline to to hang tough, if you will. Too many tough teams to play. Yeah. That's the end of the story. Okay, and then when it comes to the wild card teams that are actually in it right now, the Phillies took two out of three from the Twins. This was a really bad umpired game, by the way. We saw ugly ejection by Alec Bohm, who apparently never gets ejected and is one of the nicest guys out there. So if, if he was pissed, you had to know it was bad. Like, those balls were... It should take a moment also and mention the strike zone box. Okay. I'm not a fan of the strike zone box. I, I umpired growing up. I, I High school games. I, nothing... Major. Major. But when I was taught umpiring, it was always the bottom of the letters to the top of the kneecaps was the strike zone. And it varied from hitter to hitter. You have short guys. You have taller guys. You yeah. have Aaron Judges and you have Altuve's. That is true. And, and they don't have the same strike zone in my mind. So the fact that these networks put these boxes up there like this is a definitive strike zone is just horseshit to me. Now, left to right, I'll give you that. And so when balls are landing to the left or right and, and they're being called strikes, I don't think that's good. And I think a lot of umpires have really bad angles behind the plate. And I, I don't know what to tell you. It's a tough job. It's a really tough job. And, and as someone that did, did it, it, it's a really hard job. And you get hit a lot. With balls, I, I I got hit by balls that catchers never even touched. Just so, anyhow, don't want to get too off the deep end in high school umpiring. But the Phillies had some tough calls yesterday. They did win two out of three against the Twins, as we mentioned. But yeah, they did lose that finale yesterday. Uh, the Marlins they took two out of three from the Yankees. And the Giants lost two out of three to Texas. So that leaves the NL wildcard standings with Philadelphia three games in the lead. San Francisco is one and a half games behind them, and they have a one and a half game lead over Miami. And Miami is even keel. And then we have the Cubs and Reds, as we mentioned, half game out. Arizona, two and a half games out. San Diego, five and a half games out. San Diego and Arizona definitely have the biggest challenge out of those teams and and they're dead cubs and reds i i kind of expect both of those teams to be players despite milwaukee sweeping the white Sox, i i still don't believe in them <laughs> i don't know what it is about them they they still have to convince me well they coming to to la yeah uh well i don't know how they've been able to do it but they've managed to build their lead in the nl central back up to three and a half games over the cubs and the and the reds well reds they dropped off uh how many did they, they drop they did. six they did. games? They lost six in a row this month alone. They did. Yeah, so. they're three and seven over their last ten. The Cubs are six and four over their last ten. Milwaukee seven and three. But the Cubs only got within two and a half games, so they never they never closed that gap tighter. 
again, these teams got to play each other at the end of the month, as we said. You know, I haven't looked ahead to see what their September schedule is like, but usually they're good for a September series as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if they play each other again. Okay. But uh, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Uh, should mention Atlanta. Did they put up a three touchdowns on Saturday against the Mets? Uh, Twenty-one to three in Game One. Uh, they won the second of a doubleheader, six to zip, because they were postponed on Friday night. But the Mets were able to come back and win a close one, seven to six, last night on ESPN Baseball. So I guess uh, good job, Mets. The Dodgers, though, are in cruise control. They sweep the Rockies. Good enough for a eight and a half game lead over the Giants in the division. Yeah, the Dodgers are 11 and 1. And we keep hearing whispers of Freddie Freeman for MVP. Yeah. You know, despite Acuña's amazing season. So, we're going to continue to follow that story. Also, the Dodgers celebrated one of their all-time greats this weekend, Fernando Valenzuela. Fernando Mania as he was called in 1981 when he burst onto the scene. Hey, that's the year I was born. Thanks for outing me earlier, Nika. <laughs> Pretty cool. A lefty as well, like myself. So I guess I was born in uh, the stars alignment for that season. Nice. But we, we, we also had some other teams celebrating some some victories this weekend. Uh, I'm sorry, some, some former players this weekend. Uh, and I wanted to kind of go around the horn. And we'll start with Fernando because uh, that was on Friday night at Dodger Stadium. But it was Fernando weekend. So they were celebrating him, but they inducted, uh, they retired his number, 34. And I, I guess that's the equivalent of being in the Dodgers Hall of Fame when they retire your number. Oh, I want to play a little soundbite from Fernando uh, from his speech on Friday night. Great pleasure for me to be over here, to be part of the Dodgers. Really, I want to thank everyone. I want to thank the Dodgers for uh, retiring that number. And all the fans follow the Dodgers. Year after year. Thank you very much. Gracias. Yeah, pretty typical here, thanking the fans. I, I want to say one thing. I, I had trouble finding his full speech on Twitter and on social media and stuff. So I don't know if Dodgers fans dropped the ball on that one, getting some good, clean audio for us. Maybe. I know there was a lot of Spanish audio, but not English audio. Yeah. Well, two other guys got the special treatment from their former teams this weekend. And we'll start with Jose Bautista in Toronto. Now, he did something different for his uh, induction speech because apparently he's not a very good public speaker. And he was very forthright about this. And he's like, I don't like this. <laughs> so he's like, I made this video for you guys. And he made a really cool video. And he, so I would encourage everyone, if you haven't seen this video, uh, go watch this video. Very cool, very well done. Uh, and I will try and find out like who produced it and edited it for him. Cause uh, I like that stuff. That's awesome. And then I want to get to Seattle. Seattle, Seattle has like a, a player's hall of fame. I don't know if they retired numbers or not exactly, but they inducted Felix King Felix Hernandez into their Hall of Fame. And let's listen to a little bit of his speech now. And last, to the amazing Seattle fans, and the Kings score, you are the greatest fan in the world. Thank you for all the support. I love you guys. King Felix, definitely feel the love. It, 
from him. He he got to pitch his whole career, I believe, with the Mariners. Wow. Let me double check that before I get in trouble. But if he's that king, I would imagine he was with Mariners for his whole life. He pitched for Seattle Mariners from 2005 to 2019, and he only had one team on his resume. He was a six-time All-Star, okay. a AL Cy Young Award winner in 2019. He twice led the MLB in ERA. I'm sorry, he led the American League in ERA. He one time led Major League Baseball in wins, and he pitched a perfect game, get this, on August 15th, 2012. Wow. So 11 years from tomorrow. That's awesome. Yes, and his perfect game was awesome. It's one of those great moments. Obviously, any perfect game is spectacular, even Hermaine's this year, despite his problems. Anyways, King Felix, congratulations. Jose Bautista, congratulations. Fernando Valenzuela, congratulations. I also wanted to point out, we missed some of these things. Jake Peavy got this honor from the Padres a few weeks ago, so that's kind of cool. And the Diamondbacks announced they have no players in their Hall of Fame because they're such a young franchise. They announced their first two inductees into their team Hall of Fame, Randy Johnson, no surprise, and Luis Gonzalez, also no surprise, got the game-winning World Series hit for the Diamondbacks in 2001. But both players were on that 2001 championship team, so congratulations to both of them as being announced as the first Diamondbacks. And when is that ceremony That's happening? probably going to be next year, I okay. would believe. All right. Randy Johnson, by the way, is a NFL photographer these days. And I guess at six foot ten, you would have an advantage in that job. Different angles. Different angles and no need to worry about anybody being in your way. No kidding. So check out Randy Johnson's photography if you haven't, everybody. Okay, well, that was a busy show, but I think we got through everything. Did I miss anything, Nika? I don't think so. Oh, I got a couple of small things I can mention. Because we're not doing the Sunday shows anymore, yes. I wanted to quickly mention John Singleton from the Astros hit two home runs on Friday night against the Angels. It was the longest gap ever for a player to hit home runs. Now, if you're not familiar with John Singleton's story, I highly recommend you look into it. He was suspended and kind of, I guess, ridden out of baseball because of his marijuana suspensions. But in the years after this, Major League Baseball sort of changed their stance about weed. It's no longer a prohibited substance from what I've been able to tell. And anyways, he hit two home runs and his return to the big leagues on Friday night, and it was the longest gap, and I, I bet he feels really good. I bet he feels vindicated a little bit. Nobody should be ridden out of professional sports for using marijuana, my personal opinion. I don't think guys should use it in season necessarily. You know, you can arg make arguments probably for pain relief depending on what injury or what somebody's going through, but I don't think guys should be getting stoned and eating pizza the night before games or anything I don't think like they that. should be getting stoned and going on the field because your reaction time is completely different. Of course, I'm not advocating for that okay. um so just just want to make that clear All i just right. don't think people should be getting suspended and, and having their careers ruined for it. yes i agree with that especially not when hall of famers were playing with cocaine in their back pockets i'm looking at you tim Raines. well I, there was a story also with players using lsd yeah that was way back in the day yeah. i know a guy threw a no hitter or something on lsd hilarious also the mlb released a new top 100 prospects list so the a couple things stood out to me on this one was jason dominguez has like dropped off the face of the earth he was once a top 10 prospect and is then he, he slipped to 40 and now he's in the 80s and i think it probably speaks to why the yankees weren't able to make a move at the deadline is because they can't move this guy. You know, his, his stock has dropped, unfortunately. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to mention is Ethan Salas, the 17-year-old catcher from the Padres system. He keeps getting promoted, 
and he is now a top five prospect. He's number five overall in all of baseball as a 17-year-old. That's pretty damn amazing. I really hope Padres keep him instead of trying to go for another shiny object offseason and try yeah. to you know, trade well, him. Padres have four top 100 prospects, including Jackson Merrill and Ethan Salas, both being in the top 10. So they have two top 10 prospects right now, according to MLB. The Cubs also have five top 100 prospects on their team. And it's, it's really interesting. You know, the Cubs, because of the way they, they got, they still have all their value from the Bryant, Rizzo, and Javi Baez trades. And and so they still have this like kind of ridiculous farm system. Of course, Pete Crow Armstrong is their top prospect and, and he's probably close to being ready for the MLB. So the Cubs still have rewards to reap from those trades. And they're also happen to be competitive this year too so uh they're in a really good spot as a franchise i feel like and and looking to turn that corner you, you want to be a team like the braves you want to have your core locked up for a long time and being able to build your farm system up so all right well i think that's going to do it for this episode of the kanika baseball podcast you got anything else over there nika happy birthday oh well, thank you once again. I couldn't ask for a greater gift than waking up next to you every morning. Aw, thank you. You're welcome. My precious. Aw, I am the one ring. I, I mean it, and it's easy. You make it easy. So whoever is listening, they can text you happy birthday today. You can text me or tweet me or email me. You can yeah. email me a happy birthday message at Daily at gmail.com or you can wish me a happy birthday on facebook on twitter on tiktok on boy x threads youtube we're on all these places just search for kanika baseball and wish kenny a happy birthday there you go yeah there you go simple all right well that's gonna wrap it up enjoy all the game oh did we even talk about the new games starting this week kind of we talked about some of those matchups starting those interleague games i guess the cubs white Sox. anyways yeah i think the wander franco news kind of took over took over the it's definitely the biggest story in baseball right now it's overshadowing a lot of unfortunately the the playoff races okay all right well i'm gonna wrap this up over here i'm gonna sign off and wish everyone a great week ahead of baseball action i'm gonna sign up on the other end we'll be back again wednesday morning and we will talk to everyone else then have a wonderful week bye adios This is what you need.